I am your host. My name is Dr. Taylor Luster, and I am so excited to have you back here and to introduce today Dr. Christy Church. Now, today's episode is going to be pretty intense because Dr. Church has gone through some shit. Uh, it's going to be really enlightening and really empowering. And um, this woman is one of the few that I can say has definitely been through more shit than me. <laughs> um, but it's just, she is a definitely a beacon of light. And that's the biggest reason why we wanted to have her on is because the things that she's been through are just flabbergasting. Like, I mean, it, it will just floor you some of the stories that this woman has and so i definitely wanted to be able to give her an opportunity to share that because if you can't share it then what's the point and i know she agrees with me on that um right. so i am going to start i guess by introducing dr christy church Hello. and um saying i guess how we met a little bit and then you can like say anything you want about that situation <laughs> Okay. I love that it's a situation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um Christy and I went to school together at Logan and um I think we actually became friends because she sat next to me in class and then as many of my extrovert friends like to say because because they, they need to adopt an introvert. And apparently I was the one that got stuck with this. So uh, right. <laughs> Christy often says she adopts me. And I think that's hilarious. Um, we are definitely like polar opposites. And people in class would give us such a hard time. Like, why are y'all friends? You know? Yes. Um, and the biggest thing I think is that Christy, as you go through this whole thing, uh, listening to us, Christy thinks she's funny. I'm hilarious. So funny. <laughs> um i guess that, is really... our, that is our that is our one our one um what did i call it our uh our defining moment of i think i'm hilarious and taylor thinks i'm just annoying she would post these memes in classes and or give or share these memes with me just so she could see my face be like you know <laughs> i still do it and and i just anticipate the eye roll i love it it brings yes. joy to my soul <laughs> if you're not watching on youtube then you didn't get to see that eye roll but yeah you know <laughs> um but yes uh dr church please tell us a little bit about you and maybe how we met or whatever you have to say <laughs> well we met for sure in logan and uh we had some trauma bonding going on just from logan um in its own <laughs> And in the middle of school, I was going through some shit. You were going through some shit. And we were learning how to facilitate healing for other people, which we're really damn good at facilitating healing for other people. We were not so good at that moment facilitating healing for ourselves. And I think um, one of the most magical things about our friendship is watching each other grow and become people who not only can facilitate and hold space for somebody else, but also facilitate and love ourselves. And that I think has been the most um, magical thing that's taken over. I think, how long have we known each other? Five years? Over this five years? Like and yeah. I think it was significant to say that um, during that time of both of us going through trauma stuff. Um, 
we weren't able to really hold space for each other the same way, but that was part of the learning process. Like we definitely at one point stopped being friends for just a second because we, we needed did. to like cope we were with both your own in family. the most amount of trauma possible. And it was almost, we're both very powerful individuals and it was too much. And neither of our, our systems could regulate that because we're both very much impasse and very caring. And it was, it will be, it almost collapsed um, myself and yourself to be around each other at that moment. Yeah, it was a lot. Because um, it just so happened to coincide at the same time. Because, so that's, mm -hmm. you know, explosive. Mm -hmm. But, um, I do agree with that. I think that despite all of our differences, it was just really interesting how well we understood each other and connected on this level of, um, and it wasn't just about trauma bonding. I mean, we both definitely were going through shit and we understood because we had similar things that we went through on some levels, but it mm -hmm. was also just this understanding. Of, and I guess like, I, I know she said this to me and I said this to her, but like really seeing each other um, because I think a lot of the times I know I've gone through life um, feeling like I wasn't really seen for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, in some of those moments, it was nice because Christy would really see me and it would be, I know there were one day in particular, I really remember. Um, I don't remember a lot of that time frame in general, but uh, one day in particular, I remember I walked in and Christy was like, we need to leave. We need to go outside, go for a walk, get some food. We need to leave. And uh, I think we went and got Chick-fil-A. And, and it really helped. I mean, it was just like she could see me and feel me and hear me without me even saying anything. Um, so I think that's one of her gifts for sure. There is a, a, um, a thing I like to say. But yeah, I've experienced a lot of shit and I wouldn't want somebody like I don't want my kids to experience the same shit I did. I swear a lot. Sorry. Nope. Um, and so, uh, but one of the greatest gifts that it has given me is the ability to facilitate and see people in a depth that most people are aware of. And that is probably the greatest gift I've received um, going through this healing journey is to be able to love and have compassion and see those hurts that most people don't even know exist. I like this. Uh, I mean, this is a phrase that is used a lot in chiropractic, um, especially some of the circles that we run it. We run and words are hard. Um, but <laughs> this idea of facilitating change or facilitating um, an emotional experience or whatever that looks like, can you speak a little bit on that for us? Sure. Um, I'm a firm believer that your body holds on to emotions and trauma and toxicity. And um, I am sure I'm a cancer survivor. I've had cancer a couple of times. And I am sure a lot of that was from some of the trauma and abuse and um, experiences that I had from a child. I had a toxic marriage. I had toxic relationship after I was married. And and I am sure that that is how my body, my body did the best it could. And it gave me cancer as my disease. And um, I'm cancer free. It's been 10 years. I surpassed my three to five year mark and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but that being said, my body held on to stuff and my body didn't 
I didn't know how to let my body process through it. And so going through my own thing of, I worked with chiropractors that I worked with, um, a therapist, and I, three weeks into grad school, I got a brain injury, so I had to work with a neurologist and all these little different things that taught me how to heal within my own self, which makes it that much easier to facilitate for somebody else. Um, I had a patient one day, she came in with back pain, she couldn't walk. Um, she had just gone and seen her therapist and clearly she was having an emotional experience, but I had never treated her actually before I had seen her in the office. She was um, another doctor's patient and that doctor was busy. And so I adjusted her and I took her in my office and we talked briefly about what was going on. And um, I explained to her that she had like this little teacup that was shattered. And it's very much the Japanese teacup idea. And I said, we can't ever put it back together how it's supposed to have been originally, but we're gonna put it back together better and fill it full of gold. And uh, we went really deep and she had this profound healing experience from when she was a child. I don't know what happened. I don't need to know. I didn't ask. It's not important for me to know what's going on other than the fact that um, having been through some other things, it's that depth of to be able to hold and facilitate for somebody else to allow their nervous system to feel comfortable and really. And so I adjusted her and I took her through this little scenario of this little teacup being brought back together. And mind you, when she came in, she couldn't hardly walk and she stood up and she gave me a big hug and tears were just rolling down her face. And she said, I didn't even realize that that was still affecting me. Sorry, I'm really congested. And um, it was a profound experience in the fact that everything I went through has made me and my purpose for being here explode. That's the best way I can explain it. And so being able to, to hold space and facilitate where all chiropractors, all chiropractic works, not all chiropractors do what I do and I don't do what all chiropractors do, but I really connect with those people who are in the middle of emotional trauma and crisis who need somebody just to be there. So their system is comfortable enough to relax enough to allow their nervous system to just heal and do what it knows it needs to do. And I think that was that last part was a perfect explanation of this idea of holding space. Again, that's not a phrase that is used often, but it's kind of something that we do in our daily lives. Like when, you know, someone is having a crisis and they come to you and they're crying, you know, a lot of the times we want to fix things or to, you know, fight the battle or whatever, make it better. But this idea of holding space is just literally like giving them this space bubble to figure it out themselves or just to have that emotion, just to be mm -hmm. in that moment with whatever that is and process it. And who knows how long that needs to take. And you can just give them that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, basically what Dr. Church was saying here is that she is fantastic at being able to do that. Um, 
Thank you. And people, it's crazy. People just like are drawn to her to to do that. And um, I think it's interesting um, because as you do some of this work um, and this, it's called shadow work for a lot of things because it's the harder, darker side of yourself. Um, but I think as you do a lot of this shadow work, it's funny how people are drawn to you with it because um, if you don't do the shadow work, people just don't seem to come. Like, a, it, And I guess the perfect example is that um, that I was working for a chiropractor and she told me like in her entire like 40 years experience, she'd only had like two people that ever had like an emotional release on the table. Now they had experienced a lot of healing which is fantastic, but not emotional releases. And I was, she was like, you're on, you're doing something different, you know, cause I was doing this. I was having like one a week that would cry on my table. Right, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> like, they just find me. I don't know. Well, Dr. Church is basically like everybody. She <laughs> Just sends up crying on the table <laughs> and not to say that that's a bad thing i mean like um it's just a very powerful experience and a very healing one um as with all of that idea though i would like to take it to this idea of um bravery because mm -hmm. because you've already mentioned that you know you've been through like a brain injury and all of the i mean this whole long list of things that you you were saying that you'd been through and um i think bravery is one of those topics or one of those words that we all wish that we were and we're not sure what bravery actually looks like or what it means you know we come through and we think oh you got to have a i don't know a shield and a sword and you got to go charge yeah and it's not it's not that and so if you could speak a little bit about your experience with bravery and what that looks like um, Ooh, bravery bravery makes me cry bravery is hard bravery is showing up in the middle of the shit and not choosing to give up um i'll be honest i've struggled with some um suicidal issues and overdosed a few times and um because I wasn't brave enough and I gave up to be quite honest. But the real is is very much tied to worthiness for me. And I did not feel worthy to be. Like I felt great and I could help people and I was there for my friends and I was and I could show up for people, but I didn't do that for myself. And so part of my lesson in bravery was being brave enough to love the happy. If you know me, you know my favorite things to do are to be outside and laugh and be in the sunshine and hike. And um, I didn't love being sad. I didn't love, I knew I had the experiences. I didn't like to talk about them. I didn't like to, um, I didn't wanna be sad. And so part of my bravest moments were learning to embrace that dark side of me, that side that is sad and can get discouraged and feels unworthy. And the little girl who was abandoned 
And all of those parts are what had to be integrated for me to stand up and be brave. And being brave to me um, is being authentic and vulnerable and transparent and um, learning that it is okay to not always have to be on per se and be the happy bubbly person that I enjoy being. Um, and to set, I've had a few times where I've had to set with profound sadness um, and really deal with some really hard things. And that is what has given me the greatest expression of being brave and showing up. I like the idea um, well, I guess I should backpedal and then I'll tell you what I like. <laughs> but I, I think, I know I can relate to this idea of, um, of being this little girl in the darkness and feeling alone and there's all of these things talking to you in the dark and they're all bad and you know, you, you don't know where, where to go. There's no light in the darkness. And um, bravery is choosing at that moment, in that one moment, not to die. Right. And, and that is sometimes the most difficult thing you could ever do. Yes. And it's just such a simple choice. And, um, and then I was going to say with that, I like the idea or I've said the idea before that I've had a lot of people and I know you have um, tell you that you're brave, you know, or tell you that they're inspired by you. Mm -hmm. And it's really kind of confusing when you go through some of this stuff because. Ooh, I'm getting emotional <laughs> because. It doesn't feel brave. No. It no. feels like you're a dog in a corner and you're being kicked and you don't know how to escape. There's nothing. So you have one choice and the choice is to get up and fight or to lie down and die. And right. so you're literally choosing to not die. And that's what bravery is. And people see it as this incredibly profound moment. And I guess it is, but it seems so simple. You know, it, it's just, I just don't want to die. Yeah. And that's brave. I wanted my life to be different. And I remember thinking to myself that although I didn't choose to experience um, some of the things that I've gone through, I sure wouldn't choose to give them away right now because capacity, depth, vulnerability, and love are what was birthed out of those experiences. And I've worked really hard not to um, be bitter and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mostly bitter. Like that, I've experienced some stuff from some people that I could have really just turned into a rotten, horrible person. And it was my brave choice to turn it in and transmute it and do something positive with it. Um, 
I remember when I was getting ready to go to chiropractic school, I had just had colon cancer. And um, a couple years after that, I had ovarian, a massive ovarian cancer that had to come out. And um, people were, I know people were trying to protect me. I was a single mom. I had two young children. I had um, one that was getting ready to go into high school and one that was getting ready to go into middle school. And I told I was getting ready to start pharmacy school. And um, when I got sick again, I kept going into my chiropractor and I said, I want to do what you do. This is what makes me feel good. You're the only doctor that makes me feel good. I'm not doing pharmacy. I'm going to chiropractic school. And I remember my, my people that were around me and my friends telling me like, do not pick up and move your family. I was living in Utah. I had to move to St. Louis. I didn't know anyone. Um, and I picked up my kids and I moved. And uh, I remember somebody telling me, like, that's really brave to do. I wouldn't dare do that. And in my brain, I thought, well, it's not a matter of being brave. It's a matter of I have to do what I have to do. And now looking back, I understand what she was saying. But at the time, it just seemed like the only choice I could make. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's little things. And then you have the people who, when I graduated, um, I had so many people reach out and tell me, we didn't think you were going to make it. We had no, we didn't think you were going to make it. We thought you were going to go over there. You'd be back in a year. We never thought you would make it. And little things like that just keep, providing motivation to keep showing up and doing the hard work because it's not easy to show up. It's not easy to go to therapy. It's not easy to go. I did somatic experiencing with an amazing therapist in St. Louis. Um, I've done some medicinal plant medicine journeys uh, and none of it is easy. It's all a choice and it is all a choice to um, I choose me. I choose to love me enough. Ooh, this is hard. <laughs> I didn't love me. I didn't even like me. I thought I deserved what I had received because that's what I had received. And to sit here today on your couch, on my couch, and um, realize that I was brave enough to go through it is really one of the most powerful lessons of self-love. And I hope everybody has a chance to experience it because it brings a level of joy um, that doesn't come with laughing. There is a level of joy through the pain. And I love to laugh, but it's, it's, it's different and it's healing. And to be able to... Um, do the shadow work to set with the sadness. This last two years has been honestly some of my most difficult years I've ever gone through. Um, I've walked through a lot of difficult circumstances. My daughter chose to leave and go uh, live with her dad and that kind of dissolved a lot of that relationship. Um, and it's been really hard. And then my son grew up and moved away and me as the extrovert that I am, who loves to be around people, found myself profoundly sad and profoundly alone to uh, where I was calculating last night. 
I think I've put 40,000 miles on my car in the last year and a half. 40,000 miles. That's a lot of traveling. Um, but it has been an amazing experience. And definitely I've grown. Uh, and I realize not everybody has the opportunity to do that. And for whatever reason, my life worked out that it did. But it has been one of the greatest gifts I gave myself to be able to sit by myself and look in a mirror and say, you know what, I really do love the person that I see looking back. So that was a lot. <laughs> I took notes. So. We're always a lot. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> what everyone tells it. You guys are a lot. Yes. <laughs> we um, so I really wanted to touch back on that idea of, you know, when you were talking about this really dark place and the shadow work is scary and it's scary because it's facing all of the things that you don't want to face it's being super vulnerable and you know that it's going to be hard and it's going to hurt but literally it's like yes and it's literally like pulling out an infection you know (laughs) like it is it is the perfection is profuse it's all over the place it's um and it's stinky and it's toxic and it's hard um it's like a swamp yes and mm-hmm. it takes a lot because you know you'll clear it out and then you'll find more and you're like crap gotta do that too you know mm-hmm. but i think two parts of that are really significant and the first one is being in that moment. It's, and it's like we were saying earlier, a holding space, but it's really for yourself. And mm-hmm. it is it is truly important for you to feel, to some extent, the emotions that are trapped. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't acknowledge the things that you went through and, and understand why you went through them and the choices that you made and all of these things, or at least experience that for for just a second. It doesn't have to be like delving into it, but just for a second to truly say, body, I understand. Then mm-hmm. if you can't, then you don't you don't get to let it go because there are all of these other emotions that are tied in. You know, like if you didn't get to express them, then they get stuck. And right. shadow work is I that. was really good at getting stuck. Yeah. Yes. And how I explain an emotion is an emotion is just energy in motion. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we get these little pockets of energy that are stuck in our body and they fester. Sometimes they're good, but usually if we get something stuck in our body, it's not good. Our job as our little souls with these little bodies is to allow the emotions to pass through us. We don't want, we want to be a, We don't want to be a solid in them. We just need to feel them and let them go through. And it took me a long time to get to that place of, of being able to just allow the energy of the emotion to have the motion to do it. One of the best things I ever did, um, I had mentioned like my daughter had uh, moved away. And I think within the next two or three weeks, I walked like 89 miles. I just walked. 
because it is the only way I could make the emotion move through my body. I couldn't process holding still. And so I walked and I hiked. I've hiked, I don't know how many miles. I should have kept track. I didn't. Um, but that is one of the, the biggest ways I personally can move through some of that emotion and not let it get stuck any longer is by movement. Movement and meditation literally uh, probably saved my life. And I think it's, it's, it's really interesting because I think for each of us, it's different on how mm -hmm. that is. So movement and meditation is a fantastic way because it's really engaging your body and doing, engaging all parts of you, you know, and like you, she said, literally movement, but sometimes, and I know Christy will attest to this too. Sometimes you need stillness. Sometimes yes. you need laughter sometimes you need crying sometimes you need good food you know like there's a whole variety of different things that you might need so it really kind of varies with that sometimes you need your friends yes i've driven and shown up at my friend's place and said hey i just need to hang out for a day yeah and they're like what do you need and i'm like i don't know i need to just be with somebody else and let it be okay and i think you and i have both done that um, it was a lot easier when we lived closer, <laughs> but, we, but there are people who I know I can call them any day, any night, any time. And if I am in that crisis moment where I don't know how to let an emotion go, I have people now who can help me. Okay. Do you remember how you did this or how, where do you feel it? Or, and that it takes all, all the things to get all the distance. And a lot of people are engaged and married to one idea and they don't want to try something else. And by no means am I saying what I did will work for everybody because it absolutely will not. Or even every time for you. Oh, 100%. There, I've done so many different things and had profound healing experiences from all different events. Um, but I want people to be open to the idea that life isn't just, it doesn't, you don't have to accept your life how it is. You don't. You have the power to elevate your energy, to elevate your vibration, to elevate the way you think. To you are the only one that can feed yourself as an adult. Children, different, but we're talking about us as adults. Mm -hmm. um, and we know the mind is so incredibly powerful, otherwise the placebo effect wouldn't work. Our thoughts are, are really foundational. And if you, like I lived in trauma brain. I mean, I was living in the middle of PTSD and trying to get out of that um, cycle, really. And it, is hard work to break that cycle and to move forward um and it is a lot of alone time for me it was a lot of shadow work it was a lot of different things like that um but it also is probably the most and i use the word magical not like hocus pocus magic <laughs> but i mean magical in the fact that once you integrate the scary shit that you don't want to admit even took place or acknowledge that is when life skyrockets 
and things seem to get so much easier because you're no longer, your body wants to elevate and it wants to integrate emotions. And so you spend so much energy fighting it that once you let go of it, everything else is just beautiful. And it's almost like magic, but it's, I mean, it's not, but you know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. In our last, um, which hasn't been aired just yet at this moment, but um, in our last episode when we talked to uh, Mr. Michael Ortiz, we actually talked about some of this same thing oh, where, uh, which is beautiful that it's being restated, I guess, in a different way from a different person. Cause it's, it, you know, you're going to hear a lot of this, um, but this idea of everything moves towards balance, towards homeostasis um, mm -hmm. and that we're actively working to either keep it apart. I mean, of course it's subconscious or whatever, but um, we're actively working to keep it apart with some of these emotional stuff um, with physical too, you know, I mean, you can talk about like physical healing with it where, you know, you know, you shouldn't be doing that or you keep doing this one thing and you know, it throws mm -hmm. out your back or whatever, but you keep mm -hmm. doing it, you know, like all of these chocolate milk when you know you're allergic to dairy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Christy. <Right>. Um, <laughs> I did. But... <laughs> I had a chocolate milk addiction. I don't anymore, but oh my gosh, I love chocolate milk. <laughs> but this idea of that it takes, and it, and it's a foundational principle, like we said, in physics and stuff, that it takes energy to keep something from homeostasis, from this balance. And right. you are constantly giving this energy when you have these unresolved emotions because... Mm -hmm. You're, you're keeping yourself out of balance. Your body doesn't want to hold on to this toxicity, but we have some mental aspect of it where we're saying, but, but I need it, but it's part of me, you know, but I didn't let it out. I didn't cope with it, all of these Here. things. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. We have to let it, like you said, pass because it's, it's supposed to be a passing emotion. It's supposed to be a passing energy. Um, mm -hmm. But it really is true, I think, that once you do let it go, it becomes so much easier. And this idea of two things, the, the ease and then the joy that you talked about, it is so profound. I mean, this, this joy that you feel, and, and even the ease, I mean, it is like, how can anything be this easy? How can I not have worry about all of these things? How can I feel so at peace? with mm -hmm. who I am and with mm -hmm. any decision that has to do with this. And I, I mean, it is, I, I can't even, the, the best way I can think of to explain it, and this is going to go a little bit the God route, but the best way I can think of it is when I really try and stop and think about how big God must be, you know, or how much love he could have for me. I mean, if I think about how much my parents love me, Right. And that they would die for me, you know. I I can't even begin to fathom how big that is. And it's so humbling. It's so, right. and that's what this feels like. It feels like it's so integral and needed and humbling. And, and that's what's on the other side of this shadow work. I mean, it sounds horrible and hard. And I'm, I'm not even. I mean, let's admit it. It is horrible and it is horrible. exactly it is i'm not going to sugarcoat shit and say oh no when i became enlightened I, it was roses <laughs> rainbows and unicorns right do i wish it were that way 
Fuck yes. <laughs> right. I wish it was as simple as just like, you know, I'm painting a picture and we're just painting some black and it's fine. <laughs> you know? No, it is awful. But... Brutal. It... I broke. I personally broke. I broke. And I had to break to realize how fucking awesome I truly am. And I don't say that as like, oh, I'm so amazing, but I'm fucking awesome. And I would never have been able to get to that point without doing the hard stuff of the crying and the, the sadness and the lonely and the, um, oh, so many healing things. And go ahead. No, go for it. Tell me what. I was say, I shared a quote um, on the beginning of the last video because um, I had a little spiel at the beginning, but I wanted to, I think it's perfect for this. And it's the idea of the light is, or the cracks are where the light gets in, mm -hmm. you know, and you can't, you can't get there. Um, I'm, that's not to say that you don't have light in your life in general or that you don't give off light for people. Um, but it truly is, I think, where the light gets in and then at that point, yes, it's like, I was thinking about this earlier. Yes, it's kind of like an open wound and, or an open crack. I mean, it's a crack, but you have a choice. You can either let things in and sure, bad shit will come in too, you know? Sure. Um, and then I think that's this idea of weakness is when we keep allowing the bad shit in and we let, we nurture that like as if it's a wound. But if we use that instead to send out light out of those cracks, then it's a strength. It's what draws everybody to you. It's not a weak point. I mean, and I was just talking to uh, my chiropractic assistant about this. Like it is, we need to stop saying that these are weaknesses or these are sh or broken pieces of us because they're not. It's where the light got in. And that's when, when we're talking about physical pain. If you're talking about, you know, you like for me, I had a surgery or you, your cancer scars or whatever, you know, like these are strengths. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that I, I, like what you were saying earlier, I would not trade mine for the world. And no. that's hard. That's really hard to say. Honestly, it, sucked. It, gives, yeah. <laughs> it gives me chills to say that because without it, that's who made me who I am. And I really love who I am. Um, I remember um, I was studying, I, I said I had done some plant medicine work and I remember the first time um, that I had done a journey, I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, you're freaking amazing. And I got to experience me from the perspective of source and see where I was protected from the time I was tiny all the way up until I'm 45 now and see how sunshine and light have always guided and protected me in a lot of ways. And to experience me um, and look at me from a different perspective was a huge gift because that is the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this person, I want to be friends with this person. I love this person. This person is fabulous. And then to get to experience it as myself and integrate that was such a powerful healing moment for my whole body. 
Um, and after that, that was really the end of a lot of, of that cycle of um, the depression and some of the anxiety that came with it and some of that PTSD bondage um, breaking open and just allowing, it hurt. I'm not gonna lie and say it felt good. It hurt to feel all of that. And thank God it did. Because now I can hold in one hand this horrific pain and at the same time, the most loving joy that you can have. And it's okay to have both and you need to have both and it's okay to experience both. And you don't have to hold on to either one. It's an emotion. Emotion is just energy in motion. And it's good to have all, all of them all the time. And so now when something's really sad, I can go through and sit in the sadness because I know how to do it. Where before, that's what got stuck in me and caused a lot of my disease. And so, um, yeah, profoundly healing. We, on, um, I had done a guest spot on Modern Forager podcast with mm -hmm. Justin Render, and um, he also did a an amazing episode um, with Mr. Chris Brown, um, mm -hmm. who is just awesome. And um, it was interesting because Chris and I talked about kind of the same things, but from slightly different perspectives. And um, I talked about this two by four effect, what, what I call the two by four mm -hmm. effect. And um, I think I've said it in the last um, one a little bit too, but it's just this like literal bah, you know, <laughs> like, get it together, man. Uh, but it's come on, Taylor. God. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know, you you kind of need that slap in the face, you know, um, to see the contrast, the dissonance, you know. Mm -hmm. But Chris talked a lot about these, all of the little steps along the way, and do you really have to have this two by four effect? Now, um, as you're talking about that, and I wanted to merge my story in there with that too because i think we have very similar experiences with that yeah. um both of ours look like what the story that we're telling you is a two by four effect story but there were so many things that led up to and followed that that looking at it it seems like this grandiose experience and it was but it's not like it, it didn't seem quite as drastic as being hit by a two by four to some extent you know i mean it's there's a buffer up and there's a buffer down mm -hmm. and there's a lot of work in between that you have to do so i'm going to clarify so with my my own personal experience i for there was a a lot of build up to it i was in that abusive relationship for a while mm -hmm. and at i remember i was laying on the floor for months and months and months i don't know it seemed like months it time was really hard but i know i didn't go to school a lot and um it just, i was just lying on the floor waiting to to die or for him to come back and harass me or whatever that looked like and um time disappeared and whatever it was mm -hmm. just it was this it's very fuzzy but mm -hmm. i remember having at the very peak of that, when I was feeling like I couldn't do it anymore, and I was just like, fuck it, 
you know, God, where are you? Show up because I'm I'm going to lose myself. Like I I feel like I'm gonna, like I'm not here. You know, and not just not here, but I'm doing behaviors, you know, like cutting behaviors or suicidal tendencies, you know, like standing on my rooftop and all of these things. Like I'm doing all of these things that have led up to this point where I'm like, show the fuck up because I can't do this. That was your, that was your break. Yes. And Mm -hmm. during that moment, you know, and I, I, it was truly a sincere, you know, like a desperate, I can't do this, you know? And I, I remember I was hysterical and I was just like, it's now or never. Mm -hmm. And he showed up Mm -hmm. and he really showed up, you know, Mm -hmm. and you get to see like what you said, where you get to see all of these moments where you thought you were alone, where you thought you weren't loved. You were just being held. And it's not a question at that time of saying, why did it happen to me? It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. You're, that is the most accurate statement. It doesn't matter why it happened to you. Yes. It's just that I didn't have to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. That you were there with me every step of that way. And it is such a powerful experience that it's... But with all of that said, I don't... There was a huge lead up. And then after that, there was lots of dissonance of trying to process, like, what just happened? Was that real? Am I insane? You know, (laughs) talking to my friends. What exactly is going on in my life? Yes, talking to my (laughs) friends and calling them and crying hysterically, like, do I, you know, do I believe in God? Like, what is this? I'm really mad at God. I still got to work that out. You know, like, all of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, So... When we're telling you these stories, definitely understand that, that there is a massive buildup and then a massive after that happens. But um, these, you get these moments and they're so worth it. They really are. It's that moment of the peace that you cannot explain to anybody, somebody would have had to experience that piece to be able to understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and you can't, I can never let go of what that feels like. That is, that is a part of my soul. It's a part of my being. It is who I am. It is purpose-filled. It is the love and the light everyone talks about. Um, it is in those moments that you no longer are. It's honestly where I left being a victim. I was no longer a victim of being abused or being in toxic marriage or being harassed. I was harassed um, through the legal system is where I had most of my harassment uh, from an ex. And um, I kept thinking like, what? why is this happening? Like why do I have to keep doing this stuff? And um, it was that moment of just letting it go, going, you know what, you have to do this, this moment, so you can get offered this piece, because this piece is what is going to bring all the people who need just a little bit to help their system get that same piece. 
and I wouldn't trade it. I know you wouldn't trade it. I know you and I have held space to facilitate for each other that has been on a level of, I can't even describe what took place sometimes, <laughs> honestly. True. I don't know how to describe some of the stuff that we've experienced in healing moments. Um, one of my favorite moments with you, I'm just going to share it, is the night um, you opened up Inner Sanctum and there was myself and you and one other chiropractor there and a couple of friends and everybody else had gone <laughs> and Inner Sanctum was that, oh, it gives me goosebumps. Um, we just got to facilitate healing and love on each other, which sounds, it doesn't sound good but it was amazing to just be there and hold space and be present and like um welcome in that peace to be offered into your space and it was pure magic and you can never you can't recreate little things like that you can have those experiences differently at a different time but it was that magical moment of thinking Oh my gosh, Taylor, all the shit that we went through <laughs> was purposed for us to be physicians so other people get to have those profound moments because there are very few people who can hold and not, I don't accept what my patients are going through in the fact like I don't take it on to my own system. That's not my job. My job is just to gently hold them so their system can release it. And that is what the last five years of life has taught me on so many levels. And that moment in your space where we just got to experience it, it was like, oh my gosh, this is the peace being offered. That's the peace that I feel that I get to help somebody else feel. And I will never give that away. I will never give that up. That is, that is purposed. That is brave. That is authentic. It's raw as fuck. It hurts. It is heartbreaking sometimes to watch people go through the shit. But also having gone through the shit, I know what's on the other side. And it's okay to love your shadows because they're part of you too. I didn't know I was going to be crying on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, that moment was, I'll explain it in just a second, but um, after you experience some of this or well after you experience this piece and this piece is important because when you're going through shit you don't you don't see peace i mean just i remember i had a word or a place in my head that it really held what i was looking for and the word was not peace it was solace mm -hmm. and solace is significant from peace because it has a very sad and heavy connotation. And I didn't think that peace was an option. I thought that I could just not hurt. 
anymore. Right. If I could just not hurt, then that was enough. Mm -hmm. And it's not enough. And I would see this beautiful grove of just this dark grove at night. And it would just be a big circle. And that was just a safe little place. And that was where I would experience solace in my head. But then you experience this peace. And it's just so big. And it's so profound. And it's, I feel like you spend your whole life searching for that and then mm -hmm. once you find it, it it's like everything is geared at continuing that and giving that like all you want to do is share it you just want to show somebody like i know that you're in this fucking place and it fucking sucks right but there's this and it's on the other side of this and i promise just hold on it's there you right. know and it's so big and it's just and the and you experience some of this in chiropractic and i think that that moment was um i mean i'm sure you do in other things but that's like <laughs> where we experience it i guess and in this moment um if you've seen pictures of my space it is um it's designed to kind of have like this cave-like feel and to be an inner sanctum a place where it is safe a place and, of rebirth yes um there's a lot of like salt lamps and you know some very warm lighting and stuff like that um anyways um we were all we had three chiropractors and uh one of my other good friends and my boyfriend were there and uh we were adjusting each other and adjusting them and it was just together yeah all at the same time with this beautiful music um and it was nighttime and so like these salt lamps are shining beautifully in the space and it just mm -hmm. as it was interesting because christy and i and um rachel taylor she was the other chiropractor with us um we've experienced things like these before through seminars um and it's what keeps you going back to some of these seminars because they're so profound right but mm -hmm. michael and carrie um those were the two people that were with us michael hadn't or they, neither of them had experienced it before and michael had a really interesting um description of it that i want to share with you because maybe you haven't experienced this but it's uh it was an outside perspective which was really cool mm -hmm. i think for both of us um he said that it felt like time stopped mm -hmm. in that space. And mm -hmm. if everything vibrates together, then we were all vibrating on the exact same frequency, so much so that time stopped. Mm -hmm. And there was just us in this space, and it was safe, and it was good, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's what this peace it feels like it's mm -hmm. just this this space yeah and which having experienced that i know for you and i know for me doesn't mean that life just became oh um, <laughs> it was unicorns and everything, everything <laughs> is, is perfect i mean do we still have trials and and shit, yes. But you know what? I know that now during those trials of shit where life is not working out or you fail a test or you, whatever happens, right? 
I know how to get back to that moment of peace. And I know how to get back there because I did the hardest fucking work I've ever done in my whole life to get there. And that capacity of showing up and being brave and going, you know what? I don't want to lay on the floor. I don't want to take any pills. I don't want to ignore the fact that I'm heartbroken and sad. I don't want to feel it forever, but I want to embrace the fact that that happens and it's okay. And I know that I still have the joy and the love in one hand and it's okay to have both. And that's that moment where you break, but you're brave. Um, you gave me that little, it's a little disc and it says unbreakable on it. And I still have it. <laughs> and you gave it to me in a time where I thought for sure I was going to not make it. I didn't think I would. I didn't think, I didn't. I personally couldn't make it. I had the moments of being held in the light, reminding me what my purpose is here on now, current, tangible, me, my meat sack. What is my meat sack used for? Facilitating, loving, spreading joy. But I had to get through the darkest parts to be able to get to the brightest parts. I loved how you said it earlier, how you feel like you're shattered. And in a lot of ways you are, but also that is when the brightest light shines. Mm -hmm. You can't see anything if you cover it up. It's not easy being um, transparent and talking about certain things. And I made a promise to myself um, at that moment that I'm not ever going to hide. I, I have my tattoo of braveness and, and strength on my wrist of being um, brave and courageous because it is the stories of people's lives and showing up that got me through some of the hardest things. So when you told me about your podcast, I said, yes, this is exactly what needs to be done because people need a place to go to get hope because it's not always rainbows and sunshine and unicorns or cupcakes for that matter. I'd like it to be, but it's not. Well, and, um, yeah, no, it, that it's, it's that space. Um, and that's what took place that night in your office to, to share. And when I get to share it with patients or with friends or family or whoever, and you give them that little glimmer of where their nervous system just calms down and things start to flow how you're supposed to. Our bodies are innately magical beings that want to be in homeostasis and at ease. And it's those little tiny specific inputs that help people transform their lives that you just can't, I don't, it is hugely humbling when you get to hold somebody's teeny tiny baby who doesn't sleep or can't poop or, or has colic 
and do these little teeny tiny movements with this little teeny tiny soul and change their life. Or when you get to hold somebody's head in your hand and do some cranial work on them and it gets rid of their headache. I don't know how I got to be so lucky to be able to have my head and my heart connect so well with my hands. To be able to help people transform their lives is the most um, spectacular gift I can ever give somebody. And I will 100% keep embracing all the dark shit that keeps coming because it doesn't <laughs> just go away. Because I get to keep, I know how to keep my vessel clean and pure now to be able to give my head to my heart, to my hands, healing to somebody else. I think that as you are going through some of this and the people that maybe are in this and in a really dark place, you said something where you realize and there's a point where you realize that you're just human mm -hmm. there's something bigger and i don't mm -hmm. care what you call it i don't or god allah i don't care what you call it either exactly it doesn't matter mm -hmm. to me i mean we can have that debate at some point or whatever but it doesn't matter because that's not what we're here for you know in, in this moment in this podcast um there's something bigger mm -hmm. and it's so important because, because the things, the world, the things that happen to you, there's so much that you can't control mm -hmm. and they're scary. And to not have this or to truly believe that there's not something bigger, what a terrifyingly bleak place that is. And I'm telling you this, having been in a place where I really believed that because of all the bad shit that had happened to me I was like God can't be there or God sucks you know I mean if if he could let this happen to me I get that but there's something bigger mm -hmm. and when you are truly there you know it's not gonna let you fall no. And that's the big thing. And I think as we go through this, um, for Christy and I, our testimonies are coming from knowing what the bottom is. Because once you know, you know, and once you've had these, there's there, there's such a contrast that it, it's it's hard not to share, like we talked about. But everything is simpler because you know nothing is going to be that hard ever again you know nothing is harder than the right. choice at the bottom right and that is right. that is such a relief because you already did that shit you know but it's truly that's the hardest choice you will ever make is to a choose to live to be brave and keep trying and B, the second part of that is to love yourself with it. Yeah, that is that that, that was hard. 
some days that's still hard. Oh, yeah. Some when it, my my at my core, that is my largest struggle. Still, I still battle that. I battled it a few days ago, in the middle of a move where life was not going exactly as I had planned, which is the theme of my life. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> um. There's a lot of things we can't control in life. There are a shit ton of things that you can control in life. Don't give your power away by letting things just happen to you. You have the option to change what music you listen to, change what you put in your body, change what you move. Um, Start with those little changes. Workout routine. Go sit in the sunshine. Mm -hmm. There were times I used to write to process and on days sometimes I'd wake up and think I don't want to write today and my goal was only to write for 15 minutes so on those days I had to write for 30 minutes or there were days where I didn't want to wake up and go for a walk I walked in the rain I've walked in the snow I walk every day and uh I was in Savannah um some over the last year and I remember there was I don't know like a month that just rained and I'd go for a walk every day in the rain and I would come home drenched where I was staying. And some days I didn't want to get up and go walk in the rain. And on those days I'd walk four miles or eight miles instead of two miles. And it's the little things where you have the choice to change your expression of what's happening to you. And that's where the magic of the healing takes place. Once you are willing to change how you express what is coming in, you get to choose how you express it back out. Are you going to be yelling and screaming? I've done that. Are you going to be angry? Been there, done that. Or are you going to choose to say, you know what? That's a really shitty situation. I wonder what happened to that person today. Let me leave that on them and just experience the shit in one hand and the happy in the other hand and move forward just letting it go through so there is a lot of a lot of stuff we can't control but there is a ton of stuff you can control and it's those little teeny tiny choices that you make over and over and over and over and over and over that change your entire life i love that idea um as you were talking, I was thinking about um, just this expression of emotions and tying it back to what you had just said a little bit earlier, um, how important it is to express the emotions that you're feeling um, and get them out and all of this concept that we've been talking about. Um, there are some deep rooted emotions that like, emotions that like to hang on tighter than mm -hmm. other things. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, with at least with my own experience and i think you know listening to some of your testimony and other people's testimony i think one of the biggest well probably the two biggest that i can think of are this underlying feeling of worthlessness mm -hmm. and shame yes and these are really interesting emotions um because ultimately they are about you and choice. And I definitely encourage you to go listen to um, 
Renee Brown. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. That's who just popped into my yes, mind. Yes, Renee with, Brown is fantastic. Amazing work on it. Yes. I mean, the yes. best. Um, mm-hmm. But our last episode actually with Michael Ortiz, he actually really has an interesting way of thinking about these things. Um, so I definitely encourage you to listen to that because it was intriguing. But um, I, I guess the point that I want to bring home with that is that at the bottom of these things is your foundational choice on who you believe you are. Mm-hmm. And why you believe that. And of course, there's going to be some unwinding and figuring out who said this and why did they say it and why did I absorb that and why did I take it so personally and all of these things. Why do and I some believe of that? It? Doesn't matter. Exactly. I learned that a lot of the shit doesn't really matter. Exactly. And that's hard to say. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It kind of depends yeah. on your situation. Um, True. But ultimately, you have to get to a place where you say, it doesn't, it doesn't matter why these things are. I have to change it. And one of the best ways to release some of this, and this is where we're talking about releasing these things, whether it's physical or like taking a walk outside or, you know, like I said, sometimes you need to take a nap. Sometimes you need to, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever it is, cry it out or whatever. Um, I think one of the biggest testimonies, and I would argue that it's why psychology works, like talk therapy works, is because it's verbalizing it to some extent and Mm -hmm. that's why it's significant and i think both of us have said this no more hiding yeah you know like we have spent our entire lives hiding who we are and what happened to us and why it happened and what we felt like yeah Mm -hmm. and it's it's not worth hiding it because then it's it's like silencing yourself and then all of those emotions get stuck in yourself and you end up getting sick and i think both of us would testify that we have never felt healthier letting those things out like saying what it is that happened to me and giving that power back to myself and letting out that toxicity Mm mm-hmm no more hiding no more and that's that's and it's not saying that doesn't mean you have to yeah no saying that no more hiding doesn't mean you have to like get on a podcast tell everybody every horrible (laughs) thing that has taken place in your whole life right that is not that's not the same not hiding it is when the opportunity arises to use a powerful illustration to share it. And I think what's an interesting example of that is I know um, the things that I was most ashamed of. And for me, when I shared them, when I told them to people that I trusted, mm-hmm. and I expected, I don't know what I expected. I think you expected us to condemn you. Yes. And that's what I felt when you shared some of the stuff, like you wanted me to condemn you for it. Yeah. And (laughs) I wasn't condemned. In fact, I was justified and I was understood. Shame 
just melts in the face of true understanding and kindness. And half of the things that you're ashamed of, people aren't going to see you that way. You see you that way because you're looking at some filter. But it's not the way everyone else is going to see you. They're going to understand. And so you're holding on to this for what? For what? If everyone... I And I was... I remember when... (laughs) I was first going through this and I, it was easier if I was crazy. I was like, please tell me that this is insane. That's easier than, you know, dealing with some of. Right. Cause I was oh, right there with you. Where doctors are like, you don't know what to, I don't know. I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And it's just, it's easier, but it just, I don't know when you're confronted with, when you finally let out that thing and it's it's just it's just shown such kindness and it just melts i i can't even tell you how significant that is to not hold on to that anymore um and so as you're mm-hmm. going through this you know and it's no more hiding you know like this is what this is about it's about healing really healing by not being afraid, by being brave, you know, by being fearless, you know, because what's the point? All we're doing is scaring ourselves into a corner, you know? Like We're giving away our own power into a tragic, toxic black hole mm-hmm. at that moment. And I know me personally, and I know you, we've both done that and we've both gone there. And it has not gone well for either one of us. <laughs> what? Um, but it's that it's it, it again, the most brave thing you can do is choose to do. Because that's what creates the peace. It's what transmutes the shame. It's what brings life. Um, we had a friend in school, Michael, and one day he had said something, you only die uh, once. And I said, or he said, you only live once. And I said, that's not true, Michael. You only die once. You live every single day. And it's a choice. Um, That is one thing that cancer gave me was a gift of when your doctor looks at you and says, you have three to five years to live. At the time, I had a second grader and a fourth grader. I thought, well, fuck. I I need more time than that. My kids are little. Um, I don't want that. And it was the little choices that you make every single time. And I'm not saying that everybody's cancer gets to be healed and not everybody makes it. Um, At that same time, I had three friends with colon cancer and one of them didn't make it. The other two of us are still here. So I know that. I know that it doesn't always work out how you want it to work out. But being told you had three to five years to live was one of the hardest things. It repeated in the back of my head all the time of, oh, you only have one more year. Oh, you only have two more years. Oh, you only have this. And then at that five-year mark, and then this year, 2021, I got my 10-year mark. So I've made it five years past. And one of the greatest lessons and gifts that gave me is everybody's on borrowed time. You just don't know it. I 
was given the gift of the knowledge of knowing that I was on borrowed time. And now I live in my bonus time. This is my bonus life. Everybody lives in a bonus life. Most people just don't even acknowledge it because they don't know it. We usually ask two questions here, but I, you know, we've already covered the one big one, I think, uh, where you just ask like healing on so many levels from some of the greatest things that I know we, we weren't specific necessarily, but I think that we covered a lot of those bases on what that looks like. But following up with what you just said, um, I'd like to ask the second question is how do you heal in today's world, you know, with where we are in being so out of touch with ourselves, with our bodies, with what we need, with this, with every day being, I go to work, I get up, I hate it. I go, you know, I'm waiting for Friday and then I live and all of these things. But like, we just do this monotonous routine. How can you heal in something that you're not living in, basically? Um. I learned to look for the little moments of magic every day. And Taylor knows my little thought process on the moments of magic. And I tell people, and some people are like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. And some people are like, oh, that's kind of weird, but I kind of like it. So I'm going to explain it compliments here. <laughs> <laughs> I look for the moments of magic every day because that is where life takes place. It might be watching a little... Um, bunny eat some carrot peels I threw out. It might be finding the hawk that you see every single day and she waits for you on your walk. It might be two turkey vultures that come and sit in your tree and just hang out. It might be um, you find a hundred dollars while you're walking into the grocery store. It might be a little moment of magic where you get the light to come on when you're explaining chiropractic to somebody for the first time or facilitating that for them for the first time. It's those little moments of magic that kept me going in the middle of chaos and hurt and pain where I could look outside. I lived in St. Louis while most of this was taking place, right? In the city and there would be deer in my backyard or little animals in my backyard. It's doesn't always happen, but it does a lot. A moment of magic where you just get to smile and be at peace because your son sends you a picture of a fish or something that he caught or whatever. And it's those little moments that as you learn to recognize them and build upon them, Life doesn't quite seem so dark. It doesn't quite seem so scary. It doesn't seem like it's all just crashing in anymore. And those are the moments that you can build on and recognize. And then as you build on those, your vibration increases. And as your vibration increases, your energy increases. And as your energy increases, your movement increases. And you need the movement to get rid of those little energy hold emotional pockets in your body. And so it builds on this little process to where you finally are able 
to go and move and change your life and choose something different. And that is how, those were my building blocks um, to move out of that darkness into the place of peace. I think uh, I read a book and I don't remember the name, so sorry to whoever wrote it, but <laughs> it talks about, <laughs> that's good, right? <laughs> but it talks about um, these those moments as God winks. And I just yeah. think that's a beautiful mm -hmm. little, you know, uh, an idea is just that God is winking at me during those mm -hmm. like, you're doing all right. You know, you're still on the right path. Mm -hmm. Take a breath, mm -hmm. you know, or sometimes it's whatever you need, you know, like, um, Sometimes I worry with just opening a practice, you know, like I worry about like, oh crap, we don't have patience today or whatever. And then all of a sudden three walk in off the street and you're like, all oh, right, I'm, it's going to be fine. I'm exactly where I'm supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yes. Surrender. That's, that is what it is. It's surrendering to the process. I know. I knew you were going to do it. I was like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for it. Um, we are highly decorated individuals. <laughs> um, but there's power. Like I have a dragon on my arm. You can't really see her. And I remember when I saw, it's a kite dragon. I saw her in Alcatraz. She was made by this um, Chinese artist and uh, her name was With Wind. She filled up this magnificent space in Alcatraz. And I remember at that moment, um, I was being sued again and um, I won the lawsuit, but it took two and a half years and tens of thousands of dollars and time out of my life. And, and I remember seeing her and thinking one day I'm going to be free like that dragon and be able to fly in this prison that somebody tried to put me in and keep me captive in here. And I'm gonna break free and it's gonna be amazing. And I did it and it was fucking brutal. <sighs> but it's beautiful and it's amazing. And when you get to fly with the dragons and live in peace, it doesn't mean hard things don't happen. It just means now I have the ability to go through them. She says as her other tattoo is a hummingbird. <laughs> The tiniest little bird, you know. <laughs> but my hummingbird is giant. Yes, a dragon She's and giant. a hummingbird. She's bigger than life. A dragon and a hummingbird. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that both of those things, and I think all of, I, I guess the summation of some of this is that as you're going through the the shit and all of the shitstorm, I guess, that it is, you know, <laughs> like all of these little God winks or whatever that whatever you want, to, the little moments of magic that get mm -hmm. you through or whatever we want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, truly, I think the best way to heal, maybe, maybe all healing, definitely emotional healing, but maybe all is taking these with gratitude right and we've talked about like not getting bitter with some of these and how that's the brave choice because it's because you're choosing to heal you're choosing to experience it you're choosing to let it go and process and all of that and not be resentful right 
Mm -hmm. um, choosing not to carry it forward to whomever is next, you know, whether it's relationships mm -hmm. or kids or which whatever. Which heals their own. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I think that our our combined message with, I, I'm gonna, I'm, what is the word I'm saying? I'm going to speak for you, hopefully. Um, is that when you're doing some of these things, finding gratitude in all of these in all of these experiences, you've noticed that we didn't say that I wish that it didn't happen to me, or why did it happen to me, or can you take it away? It wasn't those things. I mean, maybe in the moment, you know, For when sure. you're feeling weak and tired, of course, but it's that moments of being brave because you want to live because there's there's these things that are showing you that you're supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom used to always tell me, uh, and it would drive me freaking bonkers all of the time. <laughs> but Taylor, tell me three things that went went right today. And I'm like, Shh, you know, nothing, nothing right. went right, mom. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> and nothing. Yes, you know, like, you know, and I was like, that the day <laughs> is over, you know. But sometimes that's what, it would it would need to be is that the I made it through the day that is the thing that went right is I survived the day you know right. and I really tried to hold myself accountable um and I did it for three years straight on Facebook where every mm -hmm. single day I would write what I was grateful for mm -hmm. um I definitely plan on picking it back up but with running the business it's been a little difficult <laughs> but <laughs> but it held me accountable to a point where it started changing who I was foundationally because I could really, and it was happening at a time that was significant for me. And um, it was also repeated to me. Dr. Scott Huff had told me the same thing. Like you need to take some inventory of this for yourself. Um, Cause that and, was right in the middle of both of our. Absolutely. Shit I think we've ever gone through. Ever. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. so it was being accountable to myself by putting it on Facebook and um having those moments and it started foundationally changing how i thought about things and um but more than that i got all of these people that would reach out to me and tell me if i happened to miss a day like i really love your gratitudes it reminds me to be grateful it reminds mm -hmm. me that maybe today didn't suck as much as i thought it did right. you know or maybe i can keep looking for something anything and some days my gratitudes really were like i'm grateful i get to go to bed now you know right. i'm grateful i survived chick-fil-a drive-thru was open yes you know like <laughs> really stupid things yeah but, but we had moments where that is truly what we were thankful for and that's okay yes and so mm -hmm. i encourage you as you're looking at some of this and as you're hearing some of these testimonies especially from what we're saying where it's these really, I mean, you're talking about some of the biggest healing testimonies on this on this podcast. Um, and Christy here, she's got, I mean, they're so big. These stories are so big. Um, not everything is, I, I want you to remember that not all of this is healed in one foul swoop. You know, this oh. is daily grind, the daily yeah. of God winks, you know, the, looking for the magic of Daily being choice. brave, mm -hmm. choosing yourself and mm -hmm. choosing gratitude. Because mm -hmm. even if you don't feel like you are able to choose yourself yet, 
gratitude will get you there. Right. But and triggers will still happen. Mm -hmm. oh. I still get triggered with like, oh, you're a worthless piece of shit. And I don't even know why you think you could ever be a doctor and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I had one of those days last week and I thought, what am I doing? And I called and I had some support and I had a friend rally behind me and be like, this is not where we're at. This is just a fleeting moment. Mm -hmm. It's a trigger. And they still come. Mm -hmm. And I still had to make the choice of, you know what? I'm still fucking awesome. I still get to show up. I still get to be here. I still get to choose to be happy and find the positive. And look, I still do magical moments. And I'll tell people sometimes, you'll never believe what happened to me today. Uh, whatever happened. And they're looking you at me like, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine are usually based outside in nature with animals. Yeah, like she That's saw a usually. bird. And I'm like, cool. Cool story, yeah. bro. <laughs> you cut out and had coffee in my patio and the snake just hung out with me cut out oh yeah i said one morning like i i got to hang out with the snake and have coffee on my patio with him and that was cool like i was like oh this is so great i think i had told you and you're like that's fucking weird you're weird and I, was like, I know but that's what gets me so my magical moments are not your magical moments and they won't be your audience's magical moments well and honestly i just like to give her a hard time but <laughs> um but everybody has the ability to find your God wink or your magical moment and choose to be thankful even in the midst of the struggle. That is what you build on to get you through the dark, to embrace your shadows, to love who you are and love what happened to you. Do I love the process of it? No. Do I, did I love being, I don't know, assaulted? No. Would I trade that experience? No, because I got to help somebody else walk through that. I couldn't help somebody else walk through it if I wouldn't have experienced it on the level that I did. But I chose to get through those moments by being grateful and seeing the sun or the clouds or the birds or whatever it was. Or a lot of them are with my kids. Like when your kids do some little magical thing and you know that their soul is shining through, I call my son my soul beat and when I see the magical moments of him embracing his purpose in life oh my gosh it's such a magical moment it's those little things that um learn to look for and hold on to and then you will be able to embrace your shadow self and love your shadow self and once you integrate fully oh, fucking beautiful well, and I think like what you said, um, you'll definitely, one of my favorite analogies for healing is this idea of a spiral staircase yes. because the, your problem is like in the center of the mm -hmm. spiral staircase and you have like, you know, they, like they're like hanging, I guess. And so you have like a, as you go up the spiral staircase, you find different problems. And if you go down, you mm -hmm. see the ones from the past and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But as you keep going around, you see the problem from a different perspective. So sometimes some angles, you won't necessarily see it. Sometimes you will, but it's always from a different perspective, which also means that it's, there's going to be different triggers along the way. And the universe is going to keep saying, are you sure you healed this? Are you sure you're done with it? You know, like, and that's okay because once you can say, cons consistently say yes, then you move up, 
you're done with that one, you know, or, and maybe it comes back around. Maybe you kind of happen to have a glimpse down and you're like, crap, I forgot about that, you know, but it's always a spiral staircase. You know, you come back to healing the same thing over and over and over again. It's not like it's just one and done. I wish it was just one and done, but, but once it's done, it's done. It is. And then you can look back on that area. I mean, you can still see the area. It's not like, you know, it's gone, but. Well, yeah, still... like I can still feel scars on my body from surgery. And I remember I woke up from my surgery when I had my ovarian tumor and they cut me from hip to hip and pubic symphysis to sternum to get, I had a, a six pound mass taken out and we couldn't break it open because it was toxic, right? And I remembered waking up, it was the most pain I've ever been in in my entire life from a surgery ever. And I've had a lot of surgeries. And I uh, remember feeling this huge scar. I mean, huge. And I had a flat stomach at the time. And I thought, man, this is the worst thing. And no, I'll never have a flat stomach. I hate the scar. I hate everything about it. And um, it took me a long time to be able to rub my fingers on that scar and say, oh my God, I'm so thankful for this scar because without the scar, I wouldn't be here. I would have died. Without the scar, my stomach might not be perfectly flat. It doesn't matter. It's why I'm here. And so it's those little moments of changing. I hate this scar. I hate how it ruined my flat stomach into holy shit, this was one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. And it's, it's changed and that narrative. It, yeah. And it's those little things that you do it once and then you do it 10 times a day and you do it 100 times a day and then all of a sudden, it's just the way you are. And I think changing that narrative like that is, it's so significant. It's so important to healing and so underdone, but it's what we were talking about where it's um, with shame and facing that because, you know, you have, we have these ideas about what we should be or whatnot. And when we're not that, you know, there's just this, there's this feeling of worthlessness and shame and all of these things. And so it feeds onto this idea that you already have of yourself. Um, right. And or when somebody looks at you naked and sees it and they're like, oh, it feeds it. Especially, then have, yeah. Then you have the choice. That's where brave comes in. I have the choice to be brave and be like, you know what? Yeah, it's not exactly flat anymore, but it's pretty fucking amazing because that's how I survived. Right. And, it's, right? and it changes your... I think as you, you also, I guess we should also say this, that you are also changing how you present with it. So maybe initially you were hiding it and, sure. and mm -hmm. then once you're no longer hiding it, you know, once you've become okay with it or so once somebody, yeah. Or once that first person, you know, tells you that's an incredible story. I, right. why are you hiding this? This is an incredible scar you should, you have an incredible story with it. You should share it. You know, then it's like, oh, maybe I don't need to hide this anymore. Something to change right. the narrative. And then as you fuel that, that other narrative, there's no more hiding. Right. It's how you be brave. That's how you get out of the pit. Yes. And, and it's truly taking a chance and letting somebody see that scar literally. And I think this is a great example to sum up everything that we've said basically is letting someone see that very physical scar 
and in all of what you think is its ugliness but other people might see as its beauty and its glory and Mm -hmm. telling that story and they're like holy crap you're amazing like that moment where you're expecting them to tell you like well you're disgusting or why would you like ugh, you know just reject you but instead they embrace you and they're just like can I touch it can I can I experience this with you can I be a part of that that is so profound and it took the moment of you being brave one moment to choose bravery choose you and I think that's super significant um I really like that as I guess um kind of a wrapping up point Um, I think that it really summed up, I mean, we talked about this gratitude and bravery as being like the sum up of all of these things. (laughs) And at some point, I would like to have Christy back on to talk about some of these things in a little bit more detail, because like I said, you've heard some crazy stories here, you know, Um, and this was just a broad sum up of all of her wisdom that she's gleaned from it. But some of these stories, I think, are worth hearing because they are extremely hard. Um, And just even just hearing a survival story of, you know, someone who has been through cancer or abuse or any of these other things, it's just so significant. So we're definitely going to have you on to make you cry again, you know, make us cry, whatever. (laughs) Do you appreciate the opportunity? Absolutely. Do you want to tell people where they can follow you on social media or where where you're at now? Well, I just joined a practice in um, Florida, in Largo, Florida. I'm headed to move there, actually, in the process currently. Um, I just joined that pro- the, uh, the um, practice this month. What is I the practice's a- name? It is The Wellness Way, Largo. Um, I will be there starting actually in August and accepting patients there and helping facilitate healing there. And uh, I'm super excited. Um, this last year, I've got to travel around and I picked a spot and found where I wanted to live. And that's how I chose to live with my life. I get to, I get to choose to live my life in freedom and be brave and do what the fuck I want. And in it's Florida. pretty spectacular. <laughs> Um, far away from Texas because she's. Not. I know, I know. Texas. I had job offers all a lot of places, and um, I chose this one, and um, so that's pretty spectacular. I am on Instagram. I think I'm Gators Bloom. I don't post a lot on there. You can find me on Facebook. I'm uh, Christy Church. You can find me there. Play uh, one day. Open half my own. I don't have it yet. That is not um, how life unfolded for me. And it is okay. I'm super happy with um, what's happening. I'm excited. So that's where you can find me. And uh, maybe doing some guest spots with Taylor every once in a while when I come back to San Antonio. Absolutely. And if you definitely have comments or questions, then definitely post them in the comment section and um, either of us, us will answer them. And definitely, as always, Feel free to reach out to me or to Christy. Um, there's yeah, not sure. there's mm-hmm. not a topic we won't share or we won't talk to you about or we're not ready to hear from you. Um, 
So right. we definitely encourage you, if you felt you connected with either of us today on these topics, then please reach out. Um, and as always, we look forward to hearing from you. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Taylor. Absolutely. I'm going to end this and it's going to cut to the actual ending. Thanks, guys. <laughs>